I am a difference maker. I'm a difference maker. The Bible says, thanks be to God who has given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I am a difference maker. Put that in the comments. I am a difference maker. And then one more thing we want to remind you next Sunday, you need to wear your favorite team jersey. Yeah. Next Sunday, we're representing whatever your favorite team is. Um, you need to represent and support. Why? Because we're champions. And it's just a great way to bring some community and let people see what we do outside of church, which teams we like, who we support, all of those different things. So we're really excited about that. Like someone asked you, I had to be a football team if it's a basketball team if it's a baseball team if it's a soccer team if you just want to rock your favorite hbcu because you don't have a team just wear something that kind of represents uh, a, a, a university professional team a, a minor league team whatever you want to wear just participate if you can so we're going to be talking about because I saw all these people put in the comments that they're a difference maker. So I'm going to ask you one more time to share if you're a difference maker. I'm going to ask you one more time to put it in your story if you're a difference maker, to tag somebody that you would normally see that you don't see this morning. But I want you to understand that you need to understand who you actually are. I am a difference maker. Because when I understand that I am a difference maker, I begin to understand why it is so important for me to renew my mind, to think about myself, to think about others and to think about life the way that God does. Mm -hmm. I need to understand that God has created me to be a solution to a problem. Tell your, tell your neighbor, say, I'm created to be a solution. Why is this so important? Because if I think that I'm just here to live a mundane life, to just try to make it, to just work every day, to pay my bills, then what ends up happening is I don't necessarily understand the importance of transforming my mind to think like God. And I end up spending all of my energy trying to survive instead of spending my energy thriving and then helping things change in the world. Like if you think about uh, what we did with the fundraiser, what we did with the fundraiser, that was being a difference maker. That was being a solution, um, a, a solution in earth. When you look at what we do with the scholarships, that's being a difference maker. That's being a solution. When you look at what we have done for so many people during the pandemic and, and the year after the pandemic, helping them financially, helping people not get evicted, helping kids get Wi-Fi, glasses, all of food, all of those different things, that was being a difference maker. Now, understand this, that the enemy does not want you to be a difference maker. He does not want you to bring heaven into the earth. He doesn't want you to bring heaven into the earth in your own life. He doesn't want you to bring heaven into the earth in your family. He doesn't want you to bring heaven into the earth in your um at your job, in your church. He wants you to be so busy trying to survive that you never recognize that you are created to be a solution. Now, as we get into the last part of this series, I want you to stop and think about how many times you have seen an issue and all you did about that issue was shake your head. All you did about that issue was gather some people together and complain. All you did about that issue was get discouraged. But the Bible tells us in Genesis that we are created for dominion. We are created to multiply, to subdue. We are created to replenish and we are created to exercise dominion. That means as born again believers, when we see something, that doesn't look like heaven, we should be prepared to do something. 
I am not saying that everybody can do everything. I am saying everybody can do something. Say everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. Tell your neighbor, say everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. And I need you to understand that the enemy wants you sick and the enemy wants you broke and the enemy wants you mentally struggling so that he not only can diminish your life, but he can cut off the fact that you are created to be a solution. Is everybody resonating with what I'm saying? I need you to say it again. I need you to get it in your heart, in your belly, in your mind. I am created to be a solution. So as we go into this last part where we talk about these benefits of renewing your mind, I want you to challenge yourself this week. When you see things on social media, at your job, in the news that aggravate you, that irritate you, I want you to think, is this something I'm supposed to do something about? One of the things I so appreciate about you, babe, with the um, African-American AP studies thing is that when you saw it, when you first saw it, you were like, this is not right. Listen, in less than three hours, you were like, not only is this not right, but we're going to do something about it. What can we do about it? We can help pay for we can help pay for the exams for the students. That is what believers are supposed to do. But it's so important for you to understand that if you do not renew your mind, you will spend all your life thinking about your personal problems and not how to solve problems. Does anybody see that? See, when I don't think about life the way that God has called me to think about life, I am overwhelmed with my day-to-day -day life. I am struggling about money. I am struggling about relationships. I am struggling about this. I am struggling about that. And instead of showing up as a solution, I am showing up just trying to survive. You were never meant to just survive, right? So I'm going to pray and we're going to start talking about these benefits of renewing your mind. They put you in position to be a solution, to exercise dominion and to bring heaven into the earth. Most gracious heavenly father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. Yes, we bless you. We honor you. We lift you up. We exalt you. And we say you are worthy. We thank you that through Jesus Christ, you have given us the victory. We are not victims of our circumstances. We are not victims of what is happening in life. We are more than conquerors. As we break down this last part of the teaching, help us to release anything that causes us to show up as mere survivors. Help us to take our rightful place as champions, as more than conquerors, and to live and to make a difference and to bring heaven into the earth the way you designed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And for those of you who may be new uh, to our teaching or you've just been gone for several weeks, as you can see scrolling across the bottom, the title of this series is about Beyond Conformity. We're talking about the renewing of our minds, and this is part three. If you've missed the previous two parts, you can go to our website, you can go to uh, back on Facebook on our pages and scroll up and you can find the other two teachings to this series. When we started this series, we started out by talking about our level of commitment, that if we were going to renew our mind, it was going to take a level of commitment. And we gave you five different levels of commitment. So if you missed that, you can go back and you can watch that and hear what those five levels are and, 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 and assess for yourself. Where are you 
with the commitment to renew your mind. And then the second part of this teaching was all about why. Why should we renew our mind? What do we get? What, what, what is the purpose? What does the word of God say about it? What does it do when we renew our mind? And so if you missed that part, I encourage you to go back and to hear that part too. We purposely left the benefits for the end because a lot of people want to start with the benefits, but they don't understand the why and they don't know that it, needs, it is going to take commitment to get there. And so today we're going to talk about seven different benefits of renewing your mind, the benefits of renewing your mind, because there are benefits to doing so. And so let's talk about uh, some of these benefits of renewing your mind. Okay. And so number one, when we talk about renewing your mind, the first thing is that when you renew your mind, it helps you to better understand God's word. It helps you to better understand God's word. Why is that important? Because if you do not renew your mind and you begin to interact with God's word, you're interacting with God's word based on your own personal biases and based on your own cultural influences. Right. A renewed mind aids us in understanding and interpreting the Bible correctly. And we see this all the time happening now where people are using the scripture to justify whatever they want to justify. They are using they're pulling pieces of a scripture from here, pieces of scripture from there. And they're doing it because what they want to do is they want to build really their own theology. They want to build their own foundation for being able to do or not to do what the word actually says to do. And so without this renewal, there is a great risk of misinterpreting scripture. And if you begin to misinterpret scripture for your own life, all it does is lead you down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea uh, that we see all the time where where we talk about God has given us a mandate to, to tell the people who we partner with anyway that God wants them prosperous, that God doesn't want them sick and God doesn't want them broke. But then you got people who see that differently and they say, well, the Bible says money is the root of all evil. Well, that's a misinterpretation of scripture. The Bible says that the love of money, which means to have the wrong relationship with money, is the evil part, not the tool, not money itself. And so if you don't renew your mind and allow Holy Spirit uh, to really be the, the, the conduit for which how everything flows. If you don't let the Holy Spirit be the conduit for how the word flows into your understanding, then you run the risk of misunderstanding. And so renewing your mind, while it has great benefits in other areas, it also has a benefit and it helps you understand God's word better. It's so good when you were saying that I was thinking about how the Bible says there is a way that seemeth right and ends in destruction, mm -hmm. right? When I don't properly understand the word of God, I'm going to ultimately lead myself to a path of destruction, right? Because I am going to conjure up, I'm going to conjure up things that allow me to satisfy my flesh. Mm -hmm. Now that goes to number two. The, no, the next thing, the benefits of renewing my mind is that it's going to produce spiritual growth, That's right? Yep. Spiritual growth. A renewed mind facilitates spiritual growth. As we mature in our faith, it is necessary for us to cast off old worldly ways of thinking and to embrace a mindset that aligns more closely with God's word and God's character. Amen. One of the ways that I think that you can identify whether you are growing spiritually is if you are... A mark of spiritual maturity is you stop trying to figure out what you can get away with. Mm -hmm. A mark of spiritual maturity 
is that you stop trying to figure out what you can get away with. Yes. It is a mark of immaturity to say, how much can I curse before God gets mad? Mm -hmm. How much can I steal the tithe before God gets mad? How much fornication can I do before? How much can I do? What's the most I can do and still go to heaven? If you have that mindset, you are not doing the process of renewing your mind. So many times we see believers, they go, I love God, but they don't want to be challenged in their character. They don't want to be challenged in godly living. Spiritual growth, we know that we are growing spiritually because we are becoming more like Christ. We ought to be able to look at our lives and say, five years ago, I would have done X, mm -hmm. but this year I would not do that because I would not dishonor God like that. Yeah. We ought to be able to say there are some things in January <coughs> that we would have done that we would not do today. We should be able to say there are some things we would not have done in January that we would do today. So the question I want to ask you is, are you interested in pleasing God or are you interested in how much you can get away with? Yeah. So what's your commitment level? What's your commitment level? Are you at a one, level? you at a two, a three, a four, or are you, are you resolute about making sure that you are serving God? I am resolute about making sure I am serving God. Ask your neighbor, are you resolute about making sure that you're serving God? Ask yourself, are you resolute about serving God? Let me ask you this. If you look back over your life this last five, seven days since we were together, would you see a resoluteness to serving God? I'm not talking about what happened when you were in prayer with us. I'm not talking about what happened in Refresh Bible Study. I'm talking about what happened when somebody at your job got on your last nerves, when you felt like somebody betrayed you, when you felt like somebody on social media did something stupid, when your family irritated you, were you still in those moments resolute about pleasing God or did you lay it to the side? That's good. So it's an opportunity to grow up. If you're resolute about serving God, put it in the comments. I'm committed. I am committed to serving God. That does not mean I'm always going to be perfect. It does not mean I'm not going to make a mistake. But the other thing about spiritual growth is this, is that when I recognize whether that's God convicting me or whether that's someone else saying to me, hey, Sean, when you did that, that's out of bounds. I am going to quickly repent. One of the marks of spiritual maturity is that you quickly repent when it is brought to your attention that you have done something that disappoints God, that goes against the word. You don't make excuses. You quickly repent. Yeah. And so one of, one of the keys to that, when we think about that, is this idea of not not making excuses for myself. I don't make excuses for my wrongdoing. You know, part of the whole uh, scripture that we use as the basis of this teaching when we talk about spiritual growth was around Romans 12 and 2, right? The idea of being transformed by the renewing of my mind. But I also think about 3 John when he says, beloved, above all things, I would have you to be uh to prosper, to be in health and to prosper, even as what? Your soul prospers. So not only is spiritual growth necessary, but we know that spiritual growth aids in our soul growth. And so if we want to be prosperous, we got to take care of those two things, our spiritual growth and our soul growth, and then our prosperity follows. And so we're talking about these benefits of renewing our mind. And so we said, number one was that if we would, um, under, did it aids us in understanding God's word better? Number two, you said that it allows us to grow spiritually. What gets into number three, which is this idea that it helps us to develop a more Christ-like attitude.
Now, this is very simple. The Bible says in Philippians 2 and 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We heard that many, many times before, right? What that means is that renewing our mind is part of the process of becoming more Christ-like, both in attitude, but watch this, also in our action. Because it doesn't do me any good to think like Christ, but to act like the devil. I got, well, I got to make well. sure that those things line up, that I am, I am, as you said earlier, am I, am I doing things today, September 3rd, that align more with Christ than I was on January 1st? Because every day ought to be a growth for us. Every day. I know people go, oh my God, every day, every day ought to be an opportunity for you. You get older every day. You eat every day, so you ought to be growing spiritually every day. And the part of this, the part of number two about spiritual growth, a, a result of that is number three, developing this Christ-like attitude. But how do I develop a Christ-like attitude? I have to practice what I have learned in the lab. I tell people oh, all the time good. that you can go to church, you can go to refresh, you can go to, uh, to, to worship, you can go to prayer. But if you don't take all the things that you learn, I call that the lab. If you don't take that from the lab and take it out in the real world where, where all of these things have the opportunity to test you and then you get to put into practice what you've heard, then you never, ever develop that attitude. You never develop that Christ likeness that's so important in a part of renewing your mind. Well, it reminds me of Ephesians where it says that the job of the church, the job of the, the, the leadership team, the fivefold ministry is to perfect the saints. Here's the reality. You should be challenged in church. Mm -hmm. You should be challenged in church. Church should not be a place where all the language we hear is, oh, it's okay, you cussing folks out, you just a human. Oh, it's okay, you still not tithing, you just a human. No, because this is the thing that I think people miss about Christ-like living. And I think that this is a thing a lot of believers struggle with. God is not merely interested in making you a better version of the old you. Right. God is not interested. And a lot of times we measure it by what I used to be. Well, the all you shouldn't even really be there if you understand the word, because the Bible says that we're transformed. And when you're transformed, that's the same word they use in the word metamorphosis. So if something goes through a state of metamorphosis, it's not just that it's this thing and now it's this thing in a new in a new form. It is a completely new thing. You know, we talk about the butterfly all the time. Well, when that caterpillar goes in that cocoon, when it comes out as a butterfly, it doesn't even have the same DNA. It, it metamorphosizes into something totally different. And that's what happened when Christ comes into our life. So if we're trying to be a better version of the old us, then we haven't been transformed because we have not gone through that state of recognizing that we become something new. We become new creatures in Christ Jesus. But I think you make a valid point right there that a lot of us, when we're born again, mm -hmm. we don't actually recognize we don't understand that we, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is new. And so because we don't identify as new, we keep acting old. Right. We don't identify as new, we keep acting old. So many times when we're in my work, when I'm trying to help I'm people, through acting old. 
I'm through acting old. I'm through acting old. I'm through acting old. Mm -hmm. It's time to act brand new. Like brand new. Not Get in me the out world the class. sense. <laughs> but I'm, it's time for me to act brand new because I'm new. But this is so important. You said earlier in, in the spiritual growth point, you said, hey, spiritual growth aids our soul growth, mm -hmm. right? One of the reasons that it is so difficult for so many believers to do soul work is because when they are challenged to do something new, they go back to who they used to be. Right. They go back to what yeah. happened to them in the third grade, what their mama didn't do, what their daddy didn't do. Instead of saying, I am a new creation. Mm -hmm. I love I'm when the apostle new. Paul says, they're talking to Paul he about said, the stuff he did. Man. Paul said, I have wronged I no wrong man. nobody. But you killed 2,000 people. I don't know who you're talking about. He was like, that's not that me, me anymore. We have to stop being in love with the old us. Mm -hmm. We have to stop being, if, if we're going to develop this Christ-like attitude, I can't be in love with the old me. Last week, we had a big thing. So many people reached out to us about the clap back. I can't be in love with clapping back on people. Yep. I can't be in love with fighting people and get, I'm, I'm going to get you back no matter what. I can't be in love with the old me because if I'm in love with the old me, I'm not going to release the old me. Everybody put this in the comments. I'm new. I'm new. I'm I have brand, been I'm brand, made I'm brand new. new. So what does that mean? That means that when somebody tries to bring up your past, hear me. I'm not talking about in this way that we don't have accountability for the things that we've done wrong. I'm talking about that when someone says to you, um, you know, I remember when you used to, you say, that's not me anymore. I, I don't cuss people out like that. I don't fornicate like that anymore. That's not who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some people you need to let some things go. But see, that's going to help you get to the next thing. Live in peace. Living in peace. Living in peace. That is a benefit of renewing your mind. I live in peace. I'm nothing missing. Nothing broken. Mm -hmm. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Why do so many believers have so much missing and so much broken? They don't renew their minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace. It's like when people say, um, I'm protecting my peace. Peace is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Peace is not being in a quiet room. It's people in a quiet room who still aren't at peace. Peace is Jesus. Peace is a person. I am going to live in peace. I am going to live in Jesus. I went to get my nails yes done yesterday and I was talking to my nail tech and she like asked me a question um, and I just was talking about different things that had happened to me. She asked me a specific question about how I handle stuff and I was talking about different things that had happened to me, you know, over my life. And she said, I would never know that because you don't talk about that. I said, it doesn't define me. I said, the only reason I'm telling you now is to say you don't have to live according to those things. Mm -hmm. My identity is not in who my parents are. My identity is not even in you as great as you are. My be. identity is not in my children. It's not in my business. My identity is in him. I am who he says I am. When he says it's well, I say it's well. When he says I'm an overcomer, I say I'm an overcomer. If you want to renew your if you want to live in peace you have to renew your mind yeah you have to renew your mind you have to because in order to live in peace listen jesus says it like this 
He says, in this world, you're going to have troubles. Okay. He says, let me let me put that out there so that there's no misunderstanding and you don't get sucker punched into thinking that somehow because you made a commitment to me, you're not going to have troubles in this world. He said, you're going to have troubles with me or without me. He said, but with me, here is the thing you can rest on. I have already overcome the world. That's good news. He said, and because I've already overcome the world, if you are in me, you too have already overcome the world. So when we renew our mind, it contributes to this inner peace that we have. You know, I think about the story of when Jesus told his disciples, listen, we're going to go to the other side. He says, we're going to get in this boat and we're going to the other side of this, this body of water. And the Bible says that Jesus went down to the bottom of the ship and was and, and was taking a nap on the pillow. He had been preaching. He was done preaching. He will sleep. The Bible says, if you read it, it says that the wind started to, to, to act up. The waves started to get real big. And the men started thinking, oh, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And then somebody made the suggestion, maybe we need to lighten the load. So they took their resources. Now, think about this. They took their resources and they threw their resources overboard. What does that mean? That means when we don't trust in Jesus, the very thing Jesus has given us to be for us, we'll throw away. We will throw away our resources because we don't have peace. Then they started saying, okay, which one of us did something bad? Who should we throw over? And then somebody said, we're going to have to wake Jesus up. They go down and they wake Jesus up and they don't just wake him up. They wake him up and they say, master, you don't see all this wind? You don't see all these ways? And then they said, do you not care? that we perish? And Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith. Why did he say ye of little faith? He said, because you should have had peace, right? You should have relaxed in the fact that I told you we were going to the other side. He then calms the storm and he calms the waves and then make it to the other side. You're going to have storms and waves in your life. And if all you can look at is the storm and the wave, you're never going to be at peace. Your peace has to be in what Jesus has said. We say all the time that faith begins where? The will of God is known. What was the will of God for them in that scenario? They were going to the other side. He says your peace should have been in what I told you we were doing. Not in a wave, not in a storm, not because a new bill came, not because you got a different doctor's report, not because somebody's acting up. Your peace should be in what I've told you. And when you renew your mind, it, it allows you to focus on God's promises and his truth rather than all the things that happen in the world. You know, I, I feel so bad for believers. I live in peace. I live in peace. Somebody I, ought to, you ought to put that in the comment section. Say, I live in peace. I feel so bad for believers who don't renew their mind because they live so up and down. Mm -hmm. They live so up and They're down. They're subject to whatever the world throws whatever in. Whatever the world throws in. Somebody talks crazy to them. Now yep. they have a bad day. They get an unexpected bill. Now they have a bad you day. You get a promotion. Now you're happy you can ever be. Now you have a hat. Now you your relationship is going good. Now you're happy. And I think about this. <clears throat> you used the Bible example, but I'm going to use an example for my own life. In the recession in 2008, yep. when you lost your job, yep. When you lost your job, the Lord gave us a word. He had given us a word before. When we moved into the house we live in now, he had said he had given us instruction to allow people to live with us rent-free. Yep. People may not know this, 
But for years, somebody lived with us. Sure. I mean, somebody was always living with us. The Lord had said to us, because you have provided homes for people when I've asked you to, you will always have a home. You ended up getting laid off in the recession, mm -hmm. right? The Lord said to me, the day you got laid off, I don't care what you see, you will not lose your house. Yep. That is what the Lord said to us. It took us, what, about 18 months to two years to walk through that, right? It was it was a pretty maybe to recover everything not to for recover the but to recover oh, everything. Okay, I'm guess. saying so many people in our neighborhood lost their homes. Sure, sure. We I'm telling you, it seemed like for a well, while. Well, because it wasn't just the fact that there was a recession. It was also the if you know, if you know anything about 2008 is when the bubble burst. When the bubble a burst. lot of people had uh, had arms on their mortgages. Uh, the, the interest rate spiked. People went from having a mortgage that was at you know, three or 4% to eight or 9%. Some of them had it from 6% to 10%. Uh, that in some, in some case, almost doubling uh, their mortgages. And people then on top of that lost their jobs. There was a lot, several people just even on our street, but certainly our neighborhood uh, who had to turn the keys back in. We saw a lot of people lose their homes. And the Lord would say to me, every time I saw a U-Haul truck, he would say, that has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with you don't receive that and literally we were in a tight space where we really needed a miracle and god gave us a miracle but here was the thing when it was over everybody close to us said we had no idea you were walking through that it wasn't that we were so proud that we couldn't tell anybody it was that if nobody we knew had the resources to help us What's the point in stressing them out when God already told us what he's going to do? What's the point in telling someone if the Lord already told you what he's going to do? I mean, if you believe God, then you believe God. God said you're not going to lose your house. Uh, and I think it was less than I think it was less than 90 days. I had another job. Um, but but even but, but but, you know, 90 days, you can you can you can feel some pressure uh, in, in, in 90 days, especially back then. We weren't making lots and lots of money. Um, and, and, and God said, hey, listen. You're not going to lose your house. So if that's what God said, you have a choice. You can either choose to believe God or not. We knew what the result of not believing him would be. <laughs> if we didn't believe him, we would lose the house. And so, uh, you know, we didn't. And, and, and But again, people, people said, well, why didn't you say anything? We, if God didn't help us, we, we was going to fail, fail anyway. anyway. But this is what people miss. People miss that in a storm, you can learn to trust God. Yeah. And so what they do is they go through storm after storm, but they never learn to take him at his word. They don't give God a chance to be God. They don't give God a chance to be God. What would Pastor Cynthia say? Trust God, believe God. They don't God. take God, God seriously. seriously. Yes. You have you can measure your you can measure whether you take God seriously by how you act in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that in your soul, you don't have to tell your soul to settle down. But as you're telling your soul to settle down, you're like, we're at peace. We are not moved by what we see. But it's not an act of will. If you try to do it out of willpower, you will fail every time. Absolutely. You have to be able to rest in what God has said. You have to be able to believe it with every fiber of your being that it becomes more real than what you may be experiencing with your senses.
Now, this is good. I know this should be yours, but let me take this effective prayer. Living in peace, right? So when I begin to live in peace, the other thing it's going to do is the next thing it's going to do, number five, it's going to give me effective prayer. Why is it going to affect me, give me effective prayer? I'm going to go from a person that's begging God. I'm going to go from a person acting like them on the boat saying, God, don't you care that I perish? Don't you see that I'm struggling to being a person who is declaring the word of God? Effective prayer. When I am attuned into the mind of God and the ways of God, I'm going to pray the word of God. I'm going to pray from a position of faith. Mm -hmm. I remember those early years of being a believer that in those early years of believer, I'm, I'm just like the disciples. God, don't you see I'm struggling? God, don't you see I'm going through God? Where are you? But you start walking with God and renewing your mind. And you're like, God, I thank you that you're present help in the time of trouble. I thank you that you are my shepherd. I thank you that you would never leave me nor forsake me. I thank you that I got so much. See, one of the things that I say that we have just learned to say, anytime we have a financial need, I'm like, I got way too much in seed in the ground for this need not to be met. I don't know about you, but I bet it's some other people out here. You have way too much seed in the ground for this need not to be met. It changes how you pray. You stop begging you stop complaining and you start agreeing with God. Yeah. And once you have gotten those five things down, it helps you to be number six. Yes. It helps you to be a witness. Why? Yes. Because when you walk through the storm, you can tell somebody what it's like. When you've gotten the bad doctor's report and believed God and saw God turn it around, you can tell somebody what it's like. When you face the financial situation, it, it almost seemed like it was going to absolutely ruin you, but you saw how God miraculously used your seed to bring forth your harvest right when you need it, you can tell somebody that. See, understand, Christians are called to be a light in the world. Yes. If we don't light the world up, who's going to light it up? No, wait, wait a minute. Say it again. If we don't light the world up, who's going to light it up? Who's I'll tell you. Other people. And when other people light it up, they're going to light it up whatever light they have in them, which may not be the light of Christ. And so then we wonder why the world is following other people as opposed to following Jesus. Because those of us who are supposed to be his representatives aren't letting our light shine. Our light needs to shine. So the benefit of having a renewed mind helps us to uh, helps us as believers to present what I what I call a consistent, genuine witness. Mm. That means I'm not I'm not just being a, a witness when I'm at church. I'm not praising God and talking about how I trust and believe God. But then it's but when I'm home, my kids are seeing me saying, Lord, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm being consistent and genuine in my witness to everybody I interact with, whether that's at church, whether that's at home, whether that's at work, whether that's at the ball field. I am being a genuine, consistent witness reflecting both God's love and the truth of his word. And when I do that, because understand, people are watching you even if you don't know it. Even if you don't know People it. are watching you. They want to, they want to, people are watching to see if you are living what you're talking. Are you living what you're talking? You're talking this Jesus. You're talking this faith. You're talking this belief. You're talking this peace. You're talking about this joy. But are you experiencing it in a way that shows up to other people when trouble comes? Because that's what they're looking. Everybody can be happy in, in time in good times. But can you have that same consistent love and joy and belief when things aren't going so well? And the reality of it is, is that a lot of parents do not realize that their inconsistency is why their kids don't respect God. Because at they church, think it's a joke. Your, your kids think God is a joke. 
because at church you're blessed and highly favored, but at home you still cuss. At home you still at home you still go off on them and call them out their name. Right. It is so important. I will always say this, that one of the absolute best things that ever happened to us was that God did have people live with us because many of us are too comfortable being like Batman's enemy, two-faced. We have two faces. We got a front face, a church face, a face when everything is good, and a behind-the-scenes face. Tell your neighbor you should only have one face. You should only have one face. You should only have one face. If we're going to be a witness, I love that you said people are watching us. You think about this. When we worked to fix our marriage, Mm -hmm. we never, ever, ever thought we would be doing a relationships one-on-one or we would counsel all of the people that we have counseled in marriage. It was never our intent. We did not, we didn't start It wasn't a thought. It wasn't a thought. It wasn't a thought. Right? But what happened? People were watching us. And as people were watching us, they started asking us for help because our marriage, not perfect, but show mighty good, became a testimony of what was possible. If you don't renew your mind, you're not going to be able to be a witness. And you need to understand this. What Pastor Edwin says, it's not what you do when you're happy. Mm -hmm. It is what you do when your family acting crazy. It's what you do when your job is acting crazy. It's what you do when somebody on Facebook is acting crazy. It is what you do in pressure that's going to determine whether people really see you as a witness or not. That's true. And especially those of you who used to be known for being rowdy, man, listen, your ability to years, years, years ago, the Lord had me to apologize to somebody for something that happened in college. And the person said to me, I know Jesus is real because the Sean Dennis I know never would have apologized for that. You got that right. You know why I apologize? Because I'm new. Because yeah. I'm a new creation. Yeah. And the Lord told me to apologize, right? So we want to say, I represent Christ. Put that in the comments. I represent Christ, right? So I want to be a witness. And then number seven, that's going to help me build strong relationships. And we were not called to do life alone. We were not called to do life Mm -hmm. alone. Renewing the mind helps Christians handle relationships in in a godly manner. Mm -hmm. How many of you can admit you have not always handled relationships in a godly manner? I have not always handled relationships in a godly manner. But the more I grow spiritually, the more I grow, I handle relationships in a in a in a godly manner. Let me tell you something where I really had to grow in this area because I used to be a person who was so quick to get people told when I started living for God, I went to the other extreme where I didn't address when people did something to me that wasn't godly. I thought it was godly, but that wasn't godly. You know what that ended up in happening? That ended up in me oftentimes breaking up with people without them having any idea why I broke up on them or me finally snapping and people not knowing that I had a year worth of stuff that they had done to me that I had not addressed. I had to learn that there is a godly way to tell somebody that they're out of bounds. Mm -hmm. There is a godly way to tell somebody they have injured you and you don't like. And there is a godly way to have boundaries. I learned so much about boundaries. I learned so many things 
Why? Because the more I kept renewing my mind, the more I was like, oh, this is how Jesus would handle this. So this is how I should handle it. I think that's so good that you mentioned that because building strong relationships is not about you being a doormat for everybody, but it's also not about you being a bully to everybody. It's about understanding how would God navigate this situation and then you mirroring that. You mirror what you mirror what God would do, because when the, when you renew your mind, you're not acting out of your own experiences. You're not acting out of your own innate sense of what is right and wrong. You're not operating from a cultural standpoint. If somebody does this to me, this is what I do to them because this is what my family did. It really is about I'm in this situation. What I know it's an old saying, but what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And then I mirror what Jesus would do. And we see there are times where Jesus was passive. There, not, not passive, but there was times where, where Jesus weren't, wasn't aggressive about certain things. But there were times that he was. There were other times where he was in relationships with different people and he showed much more compassion for them. But he didn't show a lot of compassion for the religious leaders who thought they knew everything and was trying to tear up everything. And so it's about understanding when to have that that aggressiveness, when to have that compassion and doing it in a way that always represents Christ, always represents and emphasizes love and patience and kindness and all those other virtues that Jesus always displays. I think that's so important because right now, a lot of people think that in order to have relationships, we've got to agree with what everybody does. Yeah. But we clearly see Jesus, even though he doesn't condemn people over and over again, Jesus says to people what? Go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. Jesus never says to anybody, hey, Strick, I love you, so it's okay that you live this he way. Never he that. never said he that never to anybody. He never condones anyone staying in bondage. He never condones sin. Because that's what sin was. He never condones bondage. He would say, woman, where are your accusers? He says, I don't accuse you either, but go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. When he healed the man, he said, go and sin no more for a less a worse thing come up on you, yeah. right? So how many of you can see the importance of growing spiritually? Mm -hmm. How many of you can see the impact of growing spiritually? It doesn't just benefit you. It benefits the kingdom. Why? Because it changes how we represent God. Absolutely. It's so important that we represent God well. One other thing I'll say about this, the benefits of renewing your mind, because I'm just talking about my own personal struggle here. Because I was such a direct person before, I thought that being quiet about everything was what Jesus would do. And what ended up happening is that I had to learn that just because somebody didn't like what I said didn't mean that I had represented God what wrong. I think that that was a very important lesson for me. And women tell me all the time that that's something that they really struggle with. But it's a really fine line because it's like, was I, was I mean or did what I say just actually, you just didn't like what I said. And that's why it's so important for us to renew our minds because there are times that God will have us to say things that people don't really want to hear. How many of you have had to say something that people didn't really want to hear? How many of you have heard something that you didn't really want to hear, right? All of this, we get better at doing all of this. Why? Because we renew our mind. 
because we say, Jesus, what would you do in this situation? How would you handle this situation with my sister? How would you handle this situation with my husband? How would you handle this situation at, at work? Because the error that I was making is that I was trying to assume how I thought Jesus would handle it instead of letting the Holy Spirit tell me how to handle yeah, it, right? The, that's the key. Right. So what have been your big takeaway from this series? Because we're basically we're done with the series now. As what's your big takeaway from today? Um, what are what do you go? Oh, this is my benefit or something I really need to work on. That's going because I want this full benefit. The Bible says he daily loads us with benefits. There are so many benefits to being a believer. There are so many wonderful, wonderful benefits to being a believer. So you tell us as we get ready to take our offering and, and find out who wants to rededicate their life, give their life to Jesus or become a partner. You tell us what are your takeaways from today? Put them in the comments. And while you're doing that, I just want to remind you that this idea of renewing is an yes. ongoing process. It is not a one time endeavor. It is not a one-time thing. Renewing the mind is a continual daily process of being mindful to align your thoughts, your beliefs, and your attitudes with the truth of God's word. It is a That's daily good. process and not even just once a day. <laughs> it is a multifaceted, multi-timed thing that you do every day in order to develop that mind. Why? Because that mind has to be reshaped. It has to be renewed. That's good. And the enemy is always wanting to, to bombard it to take you back to your old state. But you're new. You're never going to be uh, that caterpillar again. You are a beautiful butterfly that has been metamorphosized into the thing that God wants you to be. And you have to know that so that you don't make the decision to behave that old way. Renewing your mind is a continuous process. Yeah, we got some good comments. Etoy said, no matter what, I choose to live in peace. Um, oh. What happened? I missed somebody's comment. Oh. Um, Kim said, my peace is what God said. Latanya says, when pressure comes, it doesn't mean that I don't have a renewed mind. It's an opportunity to grow, right? I love what you just said, renewing our mind. Um, renewing our mind is continual. It's ongoing. It is. And here's why you can't put your guard down. The reality of it is, is that you can have the right response at nine o'clock and have the wrong response at nine thirty. Because the enemy's always working. He's he is consistent on his job with giving you opportunities to do it the wrong way. He wants. Oh, you, that's he, so He good. wants to give you the opportunity to do it the wrong way. You have to be mindful and continually renewing your mind so you don't take those bad opportunities. That's right. And God has given us opportunities to show our development, yep. to show the Holy Spirit yep. at work in us. So we and have so, to do the work to do that. So we let the Holy Spirit work Absolutely. in us. Amen. Put I'm new in the comments. Listen, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today or you want to give your life to Jesus, today is a great opportunity to do that. Amen. Amen. It is. Listen, 
you listen, there's so many benefits to being in the body of Christ, but you got to be in the body of Christ to get the benefits, not just join church. Have you accepted Jesus as your personal savior? You need to do that. Where you do, you need to rededicate your life. Let me tell you, just Pastor Edwin told us, we said at nine o'clock, you can be on point and nine 30, you can be off. And before you know it, you can go days and days and days, not listening to the Lord. Do you need to come home today? If you need to come home, just put in the comments. I'm coming home today. And do you want to be a partner of Fellowship of Champions? Amen. This is you a want to super, be a partner. This is a super dope church. This is a church that's going to help you grow up. Yes, we're going to challenge you. Somebody said last week, the entire time we were talking about clapbacks, they just wanted to click off, but the Lord had them to stay. We're going to challenge you. Why? Because we have work to do for the kingdom. And this is bigger than just a membership. This is about looking like Christ in the earth. So if you want to be a partner of FOC, go to www.focchurch.com and scroll down and complete the partnership registration form. Because we don't know we go together. Unless you tell us. Unless you tell us we go together. Unless you tell us that we go together, right? We don't like side chick relationships. Let's (laughs) be together, right? And then, listen. Do you want to give today? I know you want to give today. Why? Fellowship of Champions is a church. We are good ground. How can you give? Giveify, push pay, tithely, text to give at 833-969-0897 or PayPal for our international partners. And we don't always spend a lot of time teaching about giving. But it's important for you to understand that if you come and and you partake of the word, the Bible says that it is the right thing for you to do to reciprocate that with your resources. Why? Because when you sow into this ministry, we use those resources to bless other people. We use those resources to make sure that the word is getting out. We use those resources to pay for the facilities and everything that we have. And so when you sow into that, that means every person who gets saved, every person who gets blessed, every person who gets helped, you are a part of that. And that gets accounted to your account, which then you can expect harvest off of. And so, yes, you want to be a giver. You don't want to be just a taker you don't want to be just this is not a parasitic relationship you want to be a partner of this ministry and as a partner that means that we do our part and you do yours and i you know passion and i we 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 don't tell you to do something that we don't do we had missed a tie since what 2000 or was it 99 1999 november 1999 we have not missed a tie since November of 99. And I can tell you that every year God does more for us than we could have done if we had held on to that little 10%. And he'll do the same thing for you. And the blessing that's on our life gets on you and the blessing that's on your life is on you. So you get a double portion of the anointing when you participate uh, as a real partner in every area of the ministry. That's in your giving, that's in your praying, that's in your participation in everything. And so there are multiple ways to do that. As Pastor Sean said, PayPal we do ask that you not use that unless you are one of our international partners, meaning you don't live in one of the 50 U.S. states. Someone asked, are we going to set up a, ca- a cash app account for the church? No, we are not. It is too hard to track the yeah. giving through a cash app thing, and cash app is too easily compromised. The so, ma- and, and she's exactly right. But more specifically, we only can use those platforms that we can ensure that people are able to get their giving statements. Even when people say, well, I don't use my giving statement on my taxes. That's okay, and that's fine. We have a fiduciary responsibility to the IRS and to local and state government to make sure that anyone who gives to this ministry has the proper accounting of that giving that we can give back to them by January 31st of each 
each year. So whatever you gave in 2023, by January 31st, you'll know, be able to get that receipt of that. So we're going to stay in compliance. So that's the reason we don't use Cash App. Someone asked about another thing the other day I hadn't even heard of. And I was like, I don't know if we can use that because I don't know if it tracks the giving that way. Right. The we reason we use these things that we use right here is because it allows us to operate in the utmost integrity. And it allows you to go in at any time you want to. And you can check your own giving. Pastor Robin, I talk about that all the time. I, I Every quarter, I look at my giving. I, I want to know where I am. I have a goal for what I want to give throughout the year. Uh, my tithe is set, but my offering, I want to I want to take a look at that and see what that's what that is. Do I need to do I need to step up my giving? You know, have I been slack? And I look every quarter so I don't get to the end of the year and be like, oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't meet, reach my goal. I know. And so these products right here, these platforms allow you to be able to go in and track your own giving. All right. We love you guys so much. I know y'all can't believe it. You're like, oh my goodness, we're done in an hour and seven minutes. We, we are. are done in an hour and seven minutes. But we I are. do want to remind you about those three things. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I do want to remind you about Relationships 101. I asked you to go to uh, facebook.com slash Camp and to do some social media outreach, do some inviting right? Do some inviting. Go there. Uh, you can pull up another browser if you need to right now so you'll know where you need to go. And when we get done, invite some people to Relationships 101 for Tuesday night. And then don't forget about the end of Summer Soul Brunch if you bought a ticket. Uh, and then also, I'm cutting those tickets off, the sale off at the end of today. And then also, don't forget about the huddle on next Sunday. Yeah. I just want to say this, guys. There are so many people that are disgruntled toward church. If you believe the FOC is a good church, if you believe that Pastor Edwin and Edwin I help people operate in integrity, equip people in the word that our ministry team does that as well, we need you to help us get the word out yeah. because so many people are disgruntled right now. And they keep saying, I can't find anybody who teaches me. I can't find anybody who does this. We're here. We're doing it. So help us. Inviting is easy. Inviting is <laughs> Inviting easy. Inviting is easy. And and we're so thankful for the partners that we have all over the world. But we know that we are called to reach more people because we see the global frustration of so many people. Well, how do we do that? We need your help. We don't know all of your friends. We don't see all of your Facebook timeline. We don't know everybody you know in your neighborhood in Instagram and on TikTok. We need your help. Listen, one of the things that I say about believers that you have to be careful about, especially in a teaching ministry, don't get so busy eating that you forget other people are starving. Mm -hmm. Don't get so busy eating that you forget other people are starving. Did you hear what I say? I love that. Do not get so busy eating that you, that you forget anybody for other appetizer. people are starving. <laughs> yeah. When you hear people talking about how they're starving, you need to say to them, I know a church. It's going to challenge you. It's going to grow you up. Bernita Lee said it's a teaching church. That is our goal That's to our be goal. a teaching church. We don't care if you don't never shout. As long as you learn how to live, but that's what shout. we care about. Now you go <laughs> shout, but we don't care if you shout because we care that you can walk upright Amen. and live in victory. Amen. So my ask to you is everything we're doing, even when you can't come. So I know sometimes you can't come live, but you can watch the replay. That's right. I'm asking you to share the word and help us reach the world.
All right. We love y'all. Have an amazing day, and we will see you at Relationships 101. Oh, I'm doing strategies for success tomorrow, even though it is um, Labor Day, but I'm doing it at 11 and not noon. Okay. I'm doing it at 11 and not noon. So y'all have an amazing day, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless y'all. Have a great day.